If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Enya Crockford. Enya's a coach. She's a coach, competitor, trainer. She actually started coaching quite young. She started coaching when she was 16 and been coaching about nearly 10 years now. She loves to develop horses and riders to create a happy and successful partnership. She's an eventing competitor and currently campaigning a couple of horses and recently produced one to a metre five and soon to be going one star. How are you today, Enya? I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really well, really well, and great to talk to you. And yet, we normally start off with a favourite quote. What have you got for us? Um, Okay, so there's a few for me, but probably one of the biggest ones is, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. (laughs) And that's, yeah, I think that really reflects my philosophy and and, and approach to riding Um, because it is a tough sport and, you know, there's a lot of factors just outside your performance as an athlete and basically you're going to be hit with hit with low times a lot um and to get back up on your feet and you know open to your eyes to what's possible and uh, it's something I only took on recently but it's already made makes a very big difference to getting to where you want to go give us an example of a door you built you know something where the opportunity didn't come knocking for you and you thought, right, I'm just going to get out there and do something about it. Give us an example of what you've done there. Yeah, okay. So um, I, um, this, the middle of last year, mm-hmm. um, I was in a situation where I'd, I had I found myself in quite a few times of really of a lack of good horsepower. Yep. And instead of being, you know, kind of struggling on with, I had an off-the-track thoroughbred who was clearly not going to um, – progress to where I'd want him to um and usually like and in the past I've always just been the you know a bit of a battler and persevere um and suddenly by shifting my perspective and and going okay let's actually build some opportunities here um I spoke you know it was actually a matter of just networking with people speaking to people um and ended up with the ride on a really really good horse um even same sort of thing has happened with um, things like sponsorship. Um, you know, instead of just sitting there waiting for the opportunities to come, you know, even if you feel a little bit nervous to, um, you know, getting out, making the phone calls, getting people on board with what you're doing. Um, even even a recent example that didn't go the way it planned um, was um, one really good horse I am riding was um, well, he's, he's about to be sold. And I saw how much potential he had and, and, you know, he had come a very long way in the time I was working with him. And I didn't 
have the funds to buy him myself. Um, but I actually put together a bit of a, a video and a bit of a pitch and really rallied around um, to gather up enough people to form a syndicate. And I got mm-hmm. so close, so close. Yep. Um, unfortunately, it didn't, didn't quite happen. Um, but it's just an example of of the types of things you do to make it work for you. Look, I think that all those lessons have been good. You, you've sort of gone around to find some good rides. You've got out there, you've networked. And even though you may not have had the confidence, you've, you've had the courage to do it. Do, do you understand the difference? You know, you might have thought, well, I don't really want to do this, but I'm just going to find this courage within myself to get out there to find the sponsors. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great one about the syndicate. Rather than one person having to pay all the expenses of one horse, if you get people in a syndicate, they've all got what they want to put into the horse. They can all be involved in the horse, be an owner of the horse or a part owner of the horse, but without the big expense of always having all the expenses for that one particular horse. I think they're great ideas and really good ideas for our listeners, I think, if they're sitting back going, oh, I haven't got sponsorship and I haven't got the right horse and it's all right for all these other people. It's reach within yourself to find the courage to get out there and build the door because opportunity is not going to come knocking. Yep. Really good lessons, I think. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I would just add on that um, it's actually it was, it was a little bit of um, work I did. It was actually a personal development course I did last year. It's changed a lot for me, but mm-hmm. I, I really got that even though I was scared and terrified of doing all this stuff and, and really scared of looking stupid is um, is the big thing for me, is that um, that my, my thoughts about that didn't actually mean anything um, and I was able to just, no matter what that kind of subconscious is telling me, I was just able to kind of ignore that and do it anyway and yeah. that's good. That's courage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It, gives, yeah. it gives you that courage to go yeah. and do that stuff. Yeah. So be scared but find the courage. Yep. All right. And yet I don't just want a general thing but a personal thing about a memory you've got, you know, one of your early memories of riding and having a horse or, you know, starting riding something with horses. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of memories of falling off actually <laughs> when I was <laughs> it's younger. Funny, isn't it? yeah, uh, quite yeah. a few of them. Yep. Yeah, my, my first, um, yeah, it's all part of, all part of the journey. And um, my, my first pony, um, I remember we, we got a, a Shetland pony when I was six years old, um, kind of a surprise. You know, my parents brought it home. Um, we were very, very excited. And um, so me and my three-year-old sister double-dinked on it. Um, as my parents are kind of, you know, just bareback, parents are leading it around the paddock um, and they're engrossed in conversation. And then next thing, my sister's lost her balance and she's grabbed onto me to keep it. And so she's pulled me off as well and we roll, rolled off the pony and down the hill and my parents are walking along and still have no idea what's happened. <laughs> so that was, that was my first, my first, first ride memory. on my first yeah. pony. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, to go from there then to be professional coach and trainer and to be competing at a higher level, what made you start along that path? You know, why did you think that you wanted to earn an income with horses? What started you there? Yeah, I think like I wanted to work with horses for as long as I can remember, really. Well, maybe, you know, since I was nine or 10. And I just loved them and I loved the sport. And it was funny because I was... um, a very nervous rider, um, falling off a lot does that to you. <laughs> um, and is that that thing again where you might be nervous and you might be scared, but you're finding the courage? 
Oh, exactly. Yeah, mm. it, it really is. And, and I used to tell myself, like as a nine-year-old, I'd, I'd go, uh, right, I'm, I'm really terrified of, you know, jumping 30 centimetres, but um, one day I'm going to find my confidence and um, I'll do this professionally and, you know, right at badminton. Obviously, in a nine-year-old's eyes, that was all quite simple. Mm. Um, but um, I just, just always told myself that one day it was, you know, it was going to happen and I was just going to, you know, I'll just keep working and I'll get there. Yep, yep, yep. So what do you think then, you know, because everyone wants to work with horses because it seems like a dream because everyone wants to have that connection with the horse and that special feeling and being paid to do something that you love anyway. Mm. What sort of core skills or character traits do you think you'd be looking for if you were going to employ someone to work for you? You know, what do people need to be successful in the horse industry? Well, first of all, definitely hard work. Like, they need to have yep. a really good work ethic, yep. um, and and you know, and have drive. And I think passion is really important. You know, obviously, people are passionate about it, but passionate enough to do the, the long, the long hours and the the hard menial tasks, and deal with the setbacks, and you know, and and to to have an eye on the bigger picture of what they're doing it for. Um, if they can do that then I find that their work ethic is that much better um, and also you know just just core values like um, having an attention to detail and honesty um, you know and at the end of the day have the horse's welfare as their main concern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think then is the best thing about working in the horse industry? Obviously the horses. Yes. <laughs> um, getting to be with horses, you know, every every day and work with them and, and develop them in the process, form a partnership with them is just just amazing. And you know, working outdoors. I think also the people in the horse industry really make it. Um, you know, it is it is a tough sport and um but you know, everyone really tends to rally around and support each other and you think how many sports is it that you swap advice with and and root for your fellow competitors even if it means that by doing so they might beat you but it's just such a camaraderie for each other that you don't see in a lot of other places yep 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 yes it is a camaraderie and everyone else is feeling the same connection with their horse as well aren't they yes exactly yeah Yeah. 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 we're all in it together and and know what everyone else is dealing with yeah yeah tell us about people or, or a person who's influenced you along and helped you along with your career there's quite a few um so I'll, I'll just keep it keep it short and obviously like the really um influential coaches and that type of thing um but I think um my first dressage coach who I only left because I moved into state to South Australia um Ruth White mm-hmm. um she she just really gave me the foundation for um, good horsemanship um, and and training horses um, and and really treating every horse as an individual um, and taking the time to properly develop them mentally and physically. Um, you know, which, which also meant that you can get the best out of every horse. You know, no matter whether whether it has a talent, whether it doesn't have as much talent, um, to still do the best you can with every horse you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had a really big influence on me. Um, another one is another person is Gillian Rolton. Yes. Um, I didn't. I, I only knew Jill for about a year um, when I moved down here. Actually, started adjusting my horses with her and having lessons with her. And 
she just, for a lot of reasons, um, obviously, you know, her her perseverance and, and, you know, to do the things she did is just obviously absolutely inspiring. And, you know, I, I always keep keep that in the back of my mind when, you know, I'm having a bit of a tough time, but also just how amazingly generous and down to earth she was and, and her passion for helping everyone, no matter who they were. Um, it was just really inspiring to see that in someone who was also, you know, an elite writer. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I thought that was that was quite amazing um and just just as a as a role model and someone to you know try and emulate it was yeah it, she's incredible. Mm. Um and another person is um actually the the owner of one of the horses I ride. Um she's I mentioned before I'd done a personal development course but she's she's helped me very much from a mindset perspective. What's her name? Selena um, Selena Eden. Yes. Yeah, she she runs a, a business called Equestrian Confidence. Um, so yeah, kind of mind, mindset coaching. But you know, even before she had started that business, she she helped me a lot, and I, I guess just just gave me you know as we talked about before that that courage, um, you know, and and the self belief um, to actually you know because I, I went through a few chal- some challenging years there, um, and just to pick myself back up again and keep going, and and um, I really credit a lot of that to her she was amazing okay good good all right anyone else or can we move on to a horse that you think might have influenced you in your career um yeah yeah we can there's plenty of other people so better better move on now (laughs) (laughs) obviously a lot of coaches as well um yeah so look every horse I ride teaches me something um and you know some have given me more success than others some have taught me more than others some I like more than others. Um, I think one I really have a soft spot for, though, is my first eventer. Um, I got him when I was 14. I hadn't evented before. He was already 17 and he'd done a few intros, but, you know, he was just a stubborn thoroughbred with lots of lots of strong habits in there that, you know, you were never going to break when he was that age. Yep. Um, and he, he carted me around and, and um, took me out to pre-novice and, you know, so it was a first horse really got got a sense of what eventing's about um but you know and and so just um a few things with him one is that you know he wasn't particularly talented um particularly in his dressage and just learning that perseverance and really to get the most out of every horse no matter what you have um I learned so much from him in that mm-hmm. respect mm-hmm. um and what what's also really um memorable for me about him is he actually started to lose his vision um in the later part of his career um you know he was 21 going around pre-novice looking amazing sound as a bell but things started to feel really wrong and you know he seemed fine in every other way we couldn't figure it out my coaches said you know it's fine it's fine keep going and I thought there's just something not right here he's not focusing on his fences uh what's going on and you know by the time we actually discovered it was his eyesight he'd, he'd still been around goodness knows how many pre-novices barely being able to see the fences mm. and you know it's terrifying to think about wow. it but wow. I just think mm. honest was he he was just so so honest and yeah. such a trier um that he just kept going yeah wow wow and it just makes you realize how generous horses are and how much they will do mm. 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 yes and what they'll put up with and 
not having that communication, not being able to tell you. You could pick it. You could pick something was wrong. But, yeah, to just be able to continue the horse and the horse just keeps trying is just amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and obviously there's all the guilt that came after that. Oh, gosh, you know, what have I done? But, it, you know, you look at, you know, I, I didn't know it before that. Mm, um, yeah. But, yeah, just, just to, to see what he, he had dealt with um, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. What do you think your proudest moment's been? Um, look, I, I don't think there's one particular moment either. Like, you know, there's plenty of in the times you win and, and successful is always good. But I think it's it's really rewarding to have a horse come a long way, you know, and be successful if they've been quite tricky and difficult to begin with um, and, you know, the persevering has really paid off um, and come through the other side. You know, I, I admit there's a couple of times, um, you know, I've walked back from the cross-country course a little bit teary and emotional, you know, when a difficult horse it's um, finally successfully stepped up a level or completed its first event after, you know, months and years of work. Mm. Um, it's, I think it's those moments that, that make me really proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thinking about the horse that's soon to be one star. Yes. What do you think his biggest challenge has been so far to get him to one star? With this particular horse, mm. um, he's um, he's a great little horse. I love him. He's a Clyde thoroughbred cross. Yes. And being being a Clyde cross, he is not easy on the flat. Um, and so that's been quite a bit of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it has its ups and downs. And so I, I just think just building building his strength in the canter and, and that type of thing. Also his confidence cross country. He's he's such a careful little guy. Just you know getting him to trust his scope, um, you know, trust me, yep. um, is, is, you know, it's, it's been, been, been a bit of a journey. Yeah. It's, I, th- I think that's, you know, but obviously there are things we're all working through and, um, yeah, it, it helps that I love him to bits. So yep. Yep. yeah, we just enjoy the challenge. Good. Now, what about just generally thinking about where you are now, you know, going back 10 years, you were just starting to coach and now you, you're coaching, you're campaigning horses, you've got sponsors, you're riding horses for other people. What do you think's been your biggest challenge getting up to where you are now? Has it been your mindset and that mindset shift or anything else you'd like to talk about? Yeah, definitely. I think there's my mindset shift. I think there's been a few other, I'd say there's probably been three different challenges over the years from Mm -hmm. the beginning. The first one, which I mentioned before, was my confidence. As a kid, I was just you know, very nervous. To actually go over um, 30 centimetres, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Even yeah. going over 30 centimetres was scary. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and that built up. And, you know, then even even once I started eventing, you know, then the cross-country jumps were terrifying. And it just, just went up from there getting my confidence. And then, look, eventually that just just, you know, you eventually just, just resolves itself. You just keep yes. pushing yourself, keep going. Um, and then I think the, the second challenge was in my teens. Um, probably my biggest challenge was myself. I was very obsessive. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, very hardworking, very driven, and I still am, um, but took it to the point of obsessiveness, like I would do far more than I needed to, probably worked my horses far more than they needed to as well, which wasn't wasn't great, um, and drove myself a little bit crazy when I didn't ride as well as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was that was obviously detrimental, um, you know. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think I think that that's just a maturity thing as well. As you grow up, you start to see the bigger picture, and it's not all about your performance on that particular weekend. And yeah, and then then the mindset thing, and and a lot of what happened with that as well is when I finished school, I had for quite a few years. I seem to be one of those people who has like no end of bad luck with horses um, getting sick or injured and being totally self-funded every time something happened, I was starting at square one again. And I would say that was the biggest challenge, um, seeing all my peers go up and, and, you know, obviously I was getting to ride clients' horses and pursue that side of it and the coaching, which was fantastic. But you know, not being able to pursue my competition career in the way I desperately wanted was really, really tough. Yeah, and it wasn't until this mindset shift that I thought, okay, I can think outside my current circumstances and find a way to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think that's the main thing, the mindset to do with you, well, I suppose it's education, to do with your riding confidence. You know, you said that you get over it, but do you get over it? Because now, you know, you're going to one star. What happens if you go higher and higher and higher you know there's there's still got to be that bit of a wow this is outside my comfort zone definitely yeah 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 for sure um it will be it will be quite interesting when this horse steps up to one star how I am going to cope with the nerves um Mm. I I think it's taking on that being courageous because it's funny if if you take on if you kind of say you're going to be a certain way it's funny how you can act in that certain way even though your mind's telling you otherwise. I don't know if that makes sense. Yep, yep. So it, it's just just a matter of going, okay, I'm nervous. I'll probably feel like I want to throw up, but that's fine. I'm just going to find that courage and do it anyway. Yeah, and that's acting as if, isn't it? Acting as if I'm confident and acting as if this is normal for me and acting as if. So if you keep acting as if then eventually, you know, your mind takes over and you you just become that person who is more confident, who is able to compete at that level. Totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's almost like fake it till you make it. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, thinking about coaching now and, you know, when you're out competing and coaching and seeing other competitors or when you're coaching your own students, what's a common fault you see with people riding and I'm thinking specifically cross-country, but you might say, well, I can see a dressage fault that reflects within the cross-country and within the show jumping. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of little little things. Um, I think one particular thing that always scares me cross-country um, is seeing people get in front of the movement before a fence. Mm-hmm. And you can just see that going pear-shaped very quickly um, if the horse were to stop or even stumble, you know, chip in an extra stride, um, things aren't going to end well. Um, And I think if you can be, you know, stay with the movement, sometimes even a little bit in in behind the movement for your cross country, it's a lot safer um, and it's a lot easier to get out of trouble when things go wrong because they will go wrong. Yes. Yes, so it's riding with the movement instead of in front of the movement. Exactly, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I was teaching, I was teaching coaches and I had someone there who was Korean, so English was his second language and, you know, sometimes I had to say the word that he wanted and he was saying, wait, wait. And I thought, the weight, you want more weight in the heels? Do you want, is that the right word? And what he's saying was just wait, just wait. 
you know, and and say because and the rider was getting. Upper body. Yeah, well, well, just wait, wait yeah. to the horse. You know, the the rider was in front of the movement, and he was trying to explain to the rider that they were in front of the movement, but all he kept saying was wait, and I didn't get it. But what he meant was <laughs> not the W E I G H T. He meant wait, W A I T. You know, wait for the horse. Don't get in front of the movement. Yeah, mm. yeah I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yep, I, I yep. find with teaching people when you teach them to jump, like obviously you want they they start you know approaching in two points, so they they learn how to stay with the horse over the fence. But when like I find with kids, when you once you're teaching them to actually yeah stay tall with the upper body um, and go with the horse over the fence, um, yeah, trotting. We do a lot of trotting cross rails um, and that type of thing. So, and I find that's the best way for them, yeah, to to learn to wait with their upper yes. body until yes. the horse leaves the ground. Yes, yes, yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Enya, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend? You know, something that may have been instrumental in your success, but something that's going to help complement their training. I think it's a while since I've read any books, which is unfortunate, and just a lack of time. But I think um, one really great book I read quite a while ago is Centred Writing by Sally Swift. Do, Do you know that one? Yes, I do, and it's actually one that has yeah, been recommended yeah, yeah. before from our listeners. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a it's a brilliant book, and the I guess the visualizations and the way of describing things is yeah, just just makes a a, a real difference um, to your balance and effectiveness as a rider. Yeah, yeah. I know you've got a horse that's going to one star. What else are you looking forward to? What's coming up in the next twelve months, two years? Um, just, I think, continuing to work with nice horses and bring them up the grades. Um, we've got a couple more in the wings, mm-hmm. um, and obviously if there's any owners out there um, with some horses campaign, we're very open to that as well. Yep. Um, hopefully Melbourne next year and possibly even Adelaide with this little horse. Um, and, you know, obviously I'd love to ride at Four Star one day um, with my coaching um just re- I'm, I'm still in the process of re-establishing my coaching business since moving to South Australia mm. um and so I'm just looking forward to growing that more and more because I, I just love coaching it's mm. you know something I'm very very passionate about and down the track I think I'd like to you know eventually do my level two and become a coach educator um yep. Yep. you know and, and work with other coaches to develop their coaching as well I think as a coach, you know, just as a coach, like you ride, you compete, you've got that partnership with your horse and you might ride a couple of different horses. Then when you become a coach, you've got X amount of students that then you can develop them and their horses and their partnership. But then as a coach educator, you're educating other coaches who then go and educate other students who then go and educate their, you know, students and horses. And so it's sort of, I think, as you become, you know, into, I suppose, what what does Spider-Man say? Like with with great influence come great power, but with, I can't remember what it is, but you can reverse it anyway and say, right, well, you know, there's there's probably a bit more power becoming a coach educator, but you can influence so many more people. 
No, it's not. It's responsibility, isn't it? With great power comes great responsibility. So you take on the, you know, like the responsibility. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that you're doing it for power. You're doing it to to be responsible and to be able to influence more people. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And you said at the end of the day we want a better sport. We want happier horses, happier riders. And, Mm. um, you know, if that you're exactly right, you just – just have that much more reach at making a difference to people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Is that your philosophy? If you want happier horses, more, more better riders and happier horses, or if you've got something Definitely. else to add? Anything else to add to that philosophy? Um, I think to add to that, yeah, I think that that's a massive one for me. Um, you know, you want the horse to enjoy the job and the rider to enjoy the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think um, the other really big thing is is just – you know, for any any career in riding, whether whether it's a professional career or you know competing or even for fun, um, is just to enjoy the journey um, because it's so easy for us to get caught up in the outcome of of this result or that result. Um, you know, but highs and lows are just inevitable uh, when it comes to horses. Um, so you've just really got to remember um, why you do it and you know appreciate. The learning curve and, and appreciate every day. Yep, yep. Now that's good. That's good, Enya. Now, how can people contact you? Well, I have a Facebook page, Enya Crockford Equestrian. Yep. Um. So, um. Yeah, they can just send me a message on there. Okay, brilliant. Or else they can contact you through. We'll put your contact details on your page, which will be horsechats.com/slash/enya-crockford, or just go to horsechats.com and search for Enya E N Y A or search for Crockford, C-R-O-C-K-F-O-R-D. Enya, thank you. It's been brilliant talking to you. I've enjoyed talking to you and just talking to you about a little bit of a different point of view, and I really like the way that you talk about the mindset and how it's influenced you, you know, not just with your riding. Uh, and even just going over, I love the idea of the syndication of your owners as well, so it's been brilliant. So thank you for that, and um, hope to get you back again sometime soon. Great. Thanks very much, Glennis. Great to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.